What's up, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. This week, I am joined by Chris Merritt. He is a strength coach. He's a business owner. He's an all-around good guy. He was once bald. I mean, he had a shaved head, but now he has hair. We'll get more into that in detail in the podcast. Uh, But Chris is one of the co-founders of Strength Faction. He's one of the co-founders and co-owners of BSP, Beyond Strength Performance, in uh, Sterling, Virginia. Sorry, I stumbled on that. Sterling, Virginia. Uh, this is a great conversation. We talk about um, programming and just kind of how to be okay with putting your best foot forward, um, shifting priorities, and how to kind of navigate that. Um, and we go into the speed round, which is becoming a staple of the Three Things podcast. It's a great episode. Dial back, put your headphones in, pull up some coffee, drink a beer, some tea, whatever you got, and uh, enjoy. I can't wait. You should be. This is huge. This is, this is massive. And definitely that's the, uh, that's the intro we're going to start with. So uh, it's going to start with you saying, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Um, I love it. Chris Merritt, let's start with who you are, what you do, where you do it and why you do it. Okay. Oh man. I'm going to keep this as short as possible. I do a lot of stuff right now. So deep breath before this answer. Um, Chris Merritt. I'm currently located in Northern Virginia, specifically Sterling, Virginia, uh, landmark near the Dallas airport, one of the big two outside of DC. Uh, I own a gym called Beyond Strength Performance Nova, which is about five minutes down the road from the Dallas airport. We're a uh, mostly semi-private personal training gym, but we have group training and personal training as well. Um, Co-own this place with Todd Bumgardner, um, who people may know, and then my other business partner, Sean Reed, who people in this world wouldn't know, but is just a solid, solid business guy um, and good friend. Uh, then I run the human performance program for a full-time federal tactical law enforcement group, managing about 100 guys out there. And um, I have Todd in place working with their, uh, um, let's say, guys that are in training for a year after they've been selected for the program. So they're newer operators. Um, then I'm co-founder and uh, operator of Strength Faction. Um, handle, I mean, a lot over there, but a lot of the um, logistics and uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Make things look pretty, we'll say that. I handle that. Um, and really a lot of the program design education and then I travel the world presenting for Equinox about uh, intake, assessment, and program design. Um, I think that's it. What questions? I, why do I do it? I think that's pretty good. I don't know. I don't have anything to add to that. I think uh, Chris Merritt once had a shaved head, now has hair, um, does things in Washington, D.C., and definitely rips on Todd in the strength action forum there. That's it. Like, I think, I think we've hit all the big rocks. Um, a short why? Cause you asked why? Yeah. Uh, like just like, I mean, briefly, like why, why you do it? I think probably a pretty typical answer here. Um, fell in love with my own personal transformation from weightlifting, strength, conditioning, whatever you want to call it. Um, was currently in school for music at the time and just decided 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I wanted to be a, an audio engineer. I'm playing guitar my whole life and I wanted to be a producer basically for music. And I did an internship in a recording studio and was bored out of my mind. And I was like, well, what else do I love? I love lifting weights. I love what that's done for me. Um, made the switch, went to Penn State for kinesiology and really just wanted to help other people experience um, and feel their own version of what I felt through transformation through oh, strength conditioning. That's awesome. That That's a pretty solid why. I didn't know you were an audio engineer. That's Well, if, if, you, if I could call myself one, I mean... So you I could went have been a, a DJ, but you chose the strength training lifestyle. Well, it, that's not, no, 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 no. I want to be a producer. So like work in a recording studio, working with bands. So, yeah. Um, and I got to be electronic DJ on the side. <laughs> electronic DJ on the side. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Casey Lee. Let's just say that. Well, there's only no one DJ. DJ, two scoops. That, that's exactly it. <laughs> well, it's pretty solid. And I mean, I don't, I don't, so three things, I think people tuning in, um, we may have some new people, um, you know, best gift for the holidays in case anyone out there is already starting their holiday shopping, just send them a sh the share button, just hit the share button, send them a link and be like, Hey, this is your Christmas gift. Um, your Hanukkah gift, your Thanksgiving gift, push the share button, share a little Chris merit to them. Um, so three things I've got on a piece of paper here, three things unbeknownst to Chris Merritt, um, that we're going to have conversation about. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Chris Merritt, you ready for the first thing? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Okay. So, <laughs> so this kind of starts with programming. You're a big programming guy. Like you said, that's kind of what you've talked a lot about with, um, with strength action and you have programming conversations. I don't want to really dive into programming, um, in general, but what I do want to kind of ask you is this overlying question that I think a lot of trainers get kind of stuck on and, and feel free to expand beyond training with this is how have you kind of become okay with, you know, just like the trial and error process, the evolution of something. Um, and what I have written down here is, is being okay with your best guess, because I think kind of in the end programming is kind of taking the information you have through an assessment. That's hopefully pretty good. And then you're kind of your best guess as to where to start. So maybe that's not the most like politically correct way to phrase it, but how have you kind of yourself like been okay with, oh, this might not be perfect, but now it's going to evolve into the next thing or whatever it might be. So I'll stop talking now and I'll let you talk. First, that's an awesome question. Um, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I would swear that we did based on how perfectly you delivered it because um, I say that all the time. And maybe you've heard me say that, but I mean, even like in our new member, like I'm sitting down with a potential new member for our gym. Um, and one of the things that I say is like, you know, I'm aware, I'm sure you're shopping around at other gyms and I explain our process. And one of the things that I say is just that we're really good at making educated guesses. And obviously I, do, I don't just say that, but that's like one of my lines. And then I explain what that means. Mm -hmm. Even though we assess, um, we, we learn so much about the individual in front of us, I would love it. I'd like someday if it is possible, that'll be awesome. But as of right now, there's just no guarantee that anything that we attempt is going to work. There's so many factors at play. Um, how am I okay with that? Well, I think it goes back to like, First, why am I so aware of it? And why is that one of the big things that I teach is because it was my biggest insecurity as a young trainer. Like we want certainty, right? And it really sucks when you think that there's a right answer and you're really insecure about whether you have it or not. And um, just through, you know, I'm what, 14 years of, of coaching and, and programming for people. And um, it's taken a long time. I don't know exactly how long, but I'm just, 
perfectly comfortable after enough time of being like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty darn good at doing educated guesses now, but I have zero emotional attachment to what's on that program. Whereas younger Chris would get upset when things didn't work out. Um, or maybe uh, younger Chris would make changes too quickly before things really had a chance um, to take root. Uh, once again, just grounded in insecurity. And today I'm just, I'm comfortable with that and giving things time to work themselves out. And that's, if anyone tells you otherwise that, that there's a definite answer, this is going to work, then they're lying to you. So. Yeah. I think that the, they hit the nail on the head when you said just being on or being comfortable with the uncertainty, you know? And I think that, yeah. you know, like, I don't know if, if there was any, like anything that you like tell yourself or, or you're just like, Hey, like this is, this is my best foot forward. Cause I know a lot of trainers and these are a lot of trainers that I, I work with. They'll sit in the right programs for hours, one, like mm -hmm. one program for hours. And there's the question they're like, is this the right thing? Is this, you know, and it's at some point you just have to tell yourself, this is a good place to start. And it's just a piece of paper. I can rip it up and start over at any point. And I mean, I don't know if you ever want to do that in front of a client, but um, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, well, actually to that point, like, that would be one of the drills that I do when I go and present is like, we should never have to rip up the whole program. It's like, well, what's, you know, I talk about less is more is one of the first things that I say now when I present and less is more in every way possible. Less is more when it comes to intensity, especially with beginners, less is more when it becomes to progressions, regressions in the moment, program to program, whatever it may be. So even when something's not working directly in front of you, you know, one of the things that um, we go over extensively. Todd does it from a coaching presentation standpoint. I do it from a program design uh, teaching standpoint is the four by four matrix. So like what position do you have them in currently? And then where are they at on the spectrum of like no resistance and pattern assistance to full on resistance? And what's the smallest change that you can make to put that person in the best position to be successful? Um, and hopefully like, you know, if it was, if you were attempting to train a hinge, there may be a reason why all of a sudden it no longer looks like a hinge, but more than likely we can get them to do what you want to do. It's just, what do we need to change? And you know, when it comes to that four by four matrix and what's yeah. the shortest, yeah. smallest jump that we can make. Yeah. If anyone listening to this has never heard of the four by four matrix, do yourself a quick Google search. I don't say pause the podcast because it's probably only be like 20 minutes long. <laughs> Google, search, Google search the four by four matrix. Cause that is definitely uh, one of the bigger eye openers to me when I started really writing programs and, and kind of like diving in with, with programming. And, um, and that's, that's why I say better at making educated guesses is because it's not just like, it's really not a guess. That's probably not the best term to use. And that's what I explain to people, but it's like, we have all this information from our assessment. And then for us, like, we've started calling it our program design checklist is like, basically, do you have a why for all of these different factors in the program? And if you ever find yourself just being like, well, because like that, that's not good enough. As long as you have a why, then you've made a solid educated guess. I'm throwing up air quotes. Um, and you understand it. Like if you're just applying someone else's system without a deeper understanding of it, when it doesn't work, you can't reverse engineer it because you have no idea why you were doing what you were doing. So have a why, understand the roots of that why like the 404 matrix like how can i make the smallest change possible to put this person in the best position to be successful and you'll be just fine and that that comes from reps it comes from you know learning more about this stuff but um it's not as complicated as a lot of people want to make it out to be boom put a bow on it chris merritt love it <laughs> love it 
second thing, and I'm becoming very selfish with this podcast. And I think if you've listened to it from the start, one, thank you. Two, um, you know, I now I think am just kind of at the point where I, I talk to people and I, I just ask them questions that I generally want to know the answer to. Um, and this is my question for you, Chris Merritt. How have you gone? And this is kind of, I think, like a longevity question. When you start in the industry or in any job or whatever, like you, you have kind of priorities. And then over time, as you as a person evolve, those priorities may change or shift or new priorities come into the picture. Um, I'm going to be a dad in December, six weeks today, hopefully. Um, and I will have a new priority coming into my life. Um, how how have you found it beneficial to help balance different things, priorities, or as you evolve as a person, like what was once maybe your top priority is maybe now number three or number two or not even in the top five. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, visioning done. No, uh, I'll explain on more than that. Honestly, <laughs> it's like, it's like going on a road trip but having no idea where you're going. That could be fun and you might get lucky and you might stumble across some cool destinations or you might find yourself driving through like a really bad place like Vermont or something. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's better no, than you New Hampshire. <laughs> um, Any shot that's the way that I think a lot of people approach things is just they, they put one foot in front of the other every day, which is great. Like that's a great, uh, I guess, trait to have is like the ability and the skill of just pushing through. But when we can stop and sit back and be like, well, what do I really want? And what do I need to do to make those things happen? Um, and it evolves all the time. So it's not, a, it's, it's not a one and done type thing. And earlier on in your career, I mean, credit goes to Todd for this is like, in, in helping me understand this first part, which is when you're younger, when you don't have as much experience or context, you can't vision that far out. Like you're still too concerned with um, just, just making ends meet, right? But as you go further along, you accomplish more, you can vision further and further and further out. Um, and that's something that we're doing heavily right now with our businesses. But even speaking to your point of, of becoming a father, congratulations. Um, it, it's absolutely awesome. Obviously, uh, I can speak to that. I have an 18 month old daughter now, and it's been incredibly life changing. But I would say one of the things that's made me, um, I don't want to say, <laughs> be able to handle it, but like be able to, you know, I said how much stuff I'm, I'm doing right now, how much I'm responsible for. Yeah. Um, and I won't lie and say it's easy all the time, but I have a bigger vision for each of those things on an individual level. Like the gym, what are we doing with strength faction? What are we doing with the, the tactical program that we work with? What do I want from my family, um, for my family, my personal life, you know, all of those things. I have a clear, it goes back to programs. I have a clear why, like, and so then that gives me the ability to look at, well, if that's like the big thing that you're after, what do you need to do right now? Really, I mean, you reverse engineer it bigger than, than that. Like whatever the time frame is, let's say you, you were doing a year, which is pretty short. Okay, well then what do you need to do over the next four quarters? What do you need to do this quarter? What do you need to do this month? What do you need to do this week? What do you need to do today? What do you need to do right now? Um, makes things pretty easy. It's like, and then- Five, three, one. Yeah, just like having no emotional attachment to your program. It's a, it's an educated guess this morning. You know, like I, I map out my entire week. I already, it's Monday morning. I already screwed up my schedule. I missed my workout this morning. doesn't mean I'm not going to work out like the GPS. I'm just recalculating. now. I'm like, okay, I'm going to record this podcast with Casey at 1245. Great and then 
and then I'm going to go work out. So, but short answer, vision. Like, if it's the the credit on this, uh, a, a book recommendation would be to go read the whole freaking Zingerman's series. Um, Zingerman's uh, Guide to Good Business, they're called, but um, there's a four books as of right now in the series. They're absolutely amazing. Um, every single one of them talk about visioning, but especially the first book. And, and all the credit in the world goes to that for uh, how much we've been using that. Nice. I think that that hit the nail on the head. And I love how fast you knew the answer to that. Like you can tell that you've, you've, you know, that's something that you've definitely been pretty good at doing. And you know, I just, I appreciate that. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, like it's hard when you start something at one point in your life and that, you know, you, you stick with that, you know, whether it be your job, your career, hobbies, habits, whatever it is. And then as your life evolves, which it, I mean, it's going to, it should. And then kind of how you balance everything as everything changes. I think that's something that I, in my head, it sounds like it's going to be quote unquote easy to do, but I know it's, it's not, you know, it's always, everything is a, a delicate balancing act and priorities change and I, that's good. So just, are you uh, speaking specifically to becoming a dad? I, yeah, specifically, that's what I'm talking about. Um, every, the only thing I can say there is that every kid is different and we've been incredibly lucky in that I can still probably count on both hands, the total number of times that my daughter has woke us up ever in 18 months, um, to the point where we actually had to get out of bed and go do something for her. She is the easiest kid in the entire world. At some point, me, I'm coming down and kicking your ass. <laughs> if you just jinxed me. But I talk to people in the gym. We have so many new parents in our gym right now. It's ridiculous. And I talk to people all the time with complete nightmare stories. So, but I think when I, when I do talk to them and I hear different people dealing with difficult things, it's like your attitude and just having a, a realizing that this is way bigger than you and the, the inconvenience, I'm throwing up air quotes again, of losing sleep, of doing all those things. It's like, man, you, you get to, to like provide so much, so many awesome things for this new life that you've created. It's, it's the craziest thing in the entire world. So good, bad, indifferent in the moment. Like, I think it goes back to attaching to that bigger vision and like, Hey, you know, I'm fine doing these things that I have to deal with right now. So, yeah. So that's uh, this episode's edition of dad talk. Um, it started <laughs> with Tony general in last episode and it's going to continue on and uh, eventually we'll get into mom talk depending on who the guests yes. are as well. So uh, maybe that'll be a, another sub genre of the three things. Um, so going you should into have your, your wife, you should have your wife on to co-host interview some moms in the industry. Yeah. Idea. I think we'll have to do that. That'll happen. That'll happen. She, yeah, that'll definitely happen. And, and my wife listens to this. So sh shout out uh, to Jen who's listening to this and she's got six weeks left until she uh, demonstrates some real strength. I'll say that. Yes. Um, awesome. So last thing, Chris, and then we, I, I've started doing the speed round and the speed round is a big shout out to Mike Robertson because I think if the speed round is amazing. I have a lot of fun with it. That should be the whole episode. It should just be the speed round. But um, the last thing, and this is actually stemming from a conversation I had with one of our trainers here uh, last week. And I figured you'd be a good person to ask this because you do, you just have some, some longevity and you run multiple businesses and, and kind of interact with a wide variety of people. But um, have you ever, and you may have never felt this, have you ever felt any pressure to quote unquote, air quotes again, a lot of air quotes in this, bad radio, um, evolve your program. So, you know, like where maybe 
you know, you've been in business for, or you've been running a program for an extended period of time, we'll say years. And, you know, maybe you get these thoughts in the back of the head, or I, I kind of think it's like an, an insecurity, but I don't know if that's the right word for it, where you think you need to change the program and evolve it, um, quotes around that word again, to meet the expectations of your current, you know, population or current market. Does that kind of, does that question make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Whether it be like BSP or strength action, like have you ever felt the pressure to maybe evolve the program when really, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't need it. It's just kind of, you know, it, it's, it's pretty kick-ass and maybe it's just kind of a perceived thing. Uh, I'm hitting you with hard ass questions today. No, no, no. I have an answer, but I'm thinking of like, like prefacing this with saying, I think that things evolve a lot more than, people realize and that I think one of our strengths and the reason why we are doing so many things and growing each of those businesses is the fact that it is a never ending evolution. Um, I mean, for example, like something as simple on the back of our programs and I'm not, this isn't about program design. This is about, you know, evolving um, on the back of our programs. We have these completed program questionnaires and then we have end of block questionnaires. So like a completed program would be phases one through three of a given block. Once there's four phases in each block in our programming, once someone completes their fourth phase, they fill out an end of block questionnaire. And we're currently reading um, the book, the power of moments as a staff rereading the book, power of moments as a staff. And um, we are looking at how we can evoke better conversations by asking better questions on the back of that form. Um, to better guide people in the process. And so um, how, like your question was like, when it's not needed, I mean, I can't think of really anything in our businesses where I'm like, I don't know, I'm hesitant to say this. I was gonna say that, that that's good enough, right? Like, Like, okay, things are good enough, but again, I think it's one of our strengths is that Todd and myself are constantly like, good enough isn't good enough. Like it can always be better. So, um, I, every day I want to evolve something. And I, if I, I feel like I can lay my head on the pillow at night and fall asleep really fast when I'm like, yeah, this is what we did to evolve this, you know, like for, for strength faction, that means at the end of every semester, um, we meet me, Mike and Todd, and we talk about, um, what lesson updates do we want to do? And even like, that's never ending. Like I, um, I, this round after we started, I said to Todd, Hey, you know, this thought process had me up the other night. Here's what I want to do when it comes to program design this time. And I called Audible and I changed it. Um, so maybe you know, the right word isn't evolve. Maybe the right word is, is just collecting feedback. Is that it? Collecting feedback or just always refining. And maybe it's, it goes back to the first thing we're talking about. Just like being comfortable with knowing it's never a finished product. It's never a finished product. So if you so if you start to think it's a finished product, then you kind of get into this maybe a more negative mindset of oh I need to ch it has to like it's it's complacent it's stale it's this maybe that maybe I'm just answering my own question. Yeah, I mean, are the changes that I'm making necessary in improving everyone involved? Maybe that right. Like if oh, if you're feeling like you, you need to make big bucks, <laughs> if you're feeling like you're. Um, or if you maybe realize that you're making changes, this goes back to like, you know, our amazing conversation we had with Dan John that I wound up doing a whole segment of my presentation on. It's like, you can't get bored. 
there's times where we, we meaning like everyone, everyone in life does this. It's just, he happens to talk about it with program design. Like one of the biggest um, mistakes that a lot of trainers make is changing the program too soon or just abandoning something that was working and doing this now for the sake of entertaining themselves. Like when I go present for Equinox, I say like, I get it. Like you guys have it a lot harder than me. I'm, I'm in a semi-private setting. It's very dynamic. We see so many, so many different things going on at one time. You're with one person, one-on-one. There's only so much uh, that you can handle in terms of counting, you know, two to four sets of five to 12 reps, whatever it is. And just, so when I go and visit these clubs and it's not picking on Equinox, this is any club, um, is I see a lot of entertaining going on or entertainment, right? Like that, that whole term. But a lot of times I've never heard that word before. Entertainment. No, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's an Um, awesome word, but I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing. But who are you entertaining? Are you entertaining yourself or are you, um, it's like, uh, you you know, there's even someone in in our industry right now who's really big. And the only reason I can figure out that they're so big is because they constantly post new novel exercises. And I'm over here like emailing our mailing list this morning um, saying, hey, what if we made really restrictive exercise uh, databases that we use? Like, like I'm thinking of this, I keep bringing it back to programming, but extrapolate this to whatever you want. Like, like less is more exactly what I talked about before. So when people sign up for our gym, like ask yourself the question, like, what do you really want to see them master before you want them to go? Like people are like, Oh, I want to do, you know, this rotational blah, 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 like press like, okay, cool. But can that person just like stand still and own the movement first, like without adding rotation to the mix? Um, can they squat before we're worried about them doing like some lateral squat or single leg squat? Can they, can they just hinge before we worry about putting them on one leg and doing a single leg RDL? Um, I don't care if it looks boring for you as the coach, like, don't you get bored, like give them what they need. Um, so I think that ties to what you're asking is like only, only make changes in, in that are going to benefit everyone involved but if it's just for your benefit oh i'm not so bored anymore coaching them or um i don't really know the other way around if it's if it's good for the client and it's not good for you that's probably good too like yeah yeah good for the client yeah that answers my question you know i think it was just i was just had that conversation and i didn't really know how to like wrap my head around it and and i've just figured like you know Chris Merritt is a wise individual who talks up with a lot of people and uh walks many lives whether it be Gen pop athletes, trainers, coaches all over the place. You'd be a good person to ask. So I appreciate your insights on that. I hope I did. All right. <laughs> I, will, I will cite you too. When I talk to talk to my, my, my people. Okay. <laughs> Speed round. Now I'm sitting up for this. Right. This, 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 this is, this gets heated. I'm serious. This should be the whole, the whole podcast. So whoever has listened to the, the last like 15, 20 minutes, this is the goods right here. Okay. Chris, lots <laughs> of knowledge. It's great. Whatever. This is the goods. Okay. Chris Merritt. Which is better? And this is some of these are yes or no questions. Some of these were short answer, whatever. Okay. Which is better, a shaved head or having hair? And you have a hat on. Do you have hair still? Still up here. Tough. Um, okay. Great. I mean, it's a great part though. I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with the part. Which is better, shaved head or hair? Oh God. I like, I could give pros and cons to both. Shaved head is so easy. And that's what people called me like a liar blasphemy. Like when I all of a sudden grew my hair back out after seven years, um, sh- having a shaved head is really, really convenient coming from the guy who can grow a full head of hair. <laughs> You're not um, bald. You're not bald. And I, I heard that fury podcast 
and you're not that's tall. Where, and it was kind of a challenge. But now, in all honesty, like, uh, I think, I, I don't know. It started off as like this, like, screw you guys, I can grow hair. And now, <laughs> like, man, like, you know, if, if I worked so hard, I'm coming up on one year of growing my hair out. That was November um, of 2017. And so I'm kind of like, why, why turn back now? But also, uh, I think the actual business presentation of it is there were a lot of jokes made here of like, oh, everyone here has to have a shaved head and a beard to work at BSP. Um, and I'm not saying that's why, you know, I've, I've kept it, but I do think that thinking back to things I've learned from Bill Hartman, like maybe I'm a bit more approachable, I'm, you know, a shaved head, beard, and tattoos might not be the most approachable guy, but stereotypical uh, strength coach, but, but having uh, some hair, beard and tattoos, maybe I'm more approachable. I don't know. Maybe you have to shave your beard now. No, I did uh, weeks ago, uh, a while back. Isn't that amazing? It's so full. And I, I shaved it Whoa. not long ago. Whoa. Yeah. There's some pictures floating around. People lost their minds. That's yeah. Uh, I was, that was a joke. I always said that in jest. I don't, I don't, no one wants to see those pictures. I look really young with hair and no beard. It's wow. It's ridiculous. Child. Um, who's a better cuddler, um, Mike Connolly or Todd Bumgarner? Probably Mike Connolly because Todd's too creepy. Like, Todd, <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't know where you were going to go with that. Um, Todd, I don't creepy. know though. Like big, big Papa, big Papa Connolly. Yeah. I mean, definitely big Papa yeah. seems big He's, spoon. Todd seems like he'd be like the little spoon that whispers sweet nothings. And is like, yeah, just, I don't know. Just different experience. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think I'm gonna go with Mike. He's a dad. He seems uh, Mike has Mike has a uh, better style. I think these are important things when it comes to picking a cuddler. Wow! You know? Wow! Shot at Todd Bumgarner's style. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely, wow. absolutely. Okay. Um, we we went to Central Pennsylvania, and Todd said to me and Mike, "Can you believe I'm from here?" And yeah. like like we were gonna be shocked. Mike goes, "Yeah, I can believe it." <laughs> <how> you dress. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> think we're gonna have to get a redemption podcast with todd or something <laughs> never maybe we, never. Oh, maybe we should just do the the four of us get you mike todd me i'll ask these dumbass questions and you guys let's can do thicker it. we'll record it it'll be it'll be the best it'll be amazing let's do um, that which is better live music or a gym pr of your choice oh man those are so different polar opposites you bet i asked the hard-hitting questions i'm basically oprah uh, i mean i'm gonna say Small setting live music. I Small hate big concerts. I can't go to, like, we, we saw Chris Stapleton's awesome, but we saw Chris Stapleton at a really big venue here a couple weeks ago. I, I yeah, I was bored out of my mind. I like, I like to be in, like, a smaller club, and then I'll take live music every day. Nice, nice. I would, I would agree with that. Um, so, and here's a question. Interesting, interesting concept. Which is easier to present to? A room full of coaches from the same organization or a room full of coaches all from different walks of life? Um, yes. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, I'm comfortable in either. There's pros. It's like the long hair versus shaved head, or hair versus shaved head. There's pros and cons to both. When I'm presenting, I can speak to Equinox because I present for them so much. Like, I know who I'm presenting to. I know exactly what I don't have to be like, who in the room does this? Who does that? Yep. Um, I, I go in and people, I think I'm not like a super – a lot of them, I don't think, know who I am before I come in. So I go a couple of days early and work out there and kind of like scope the place out and see what's going on, which I think is, is pretty cool because then I get to talk contextually about things that I actually saw and experienced. 
which I was nervous about doing, but people took really well to that. Like not being a dick, but like, but at the same time, calling people out being like, you know, not directly one-on-one, but saying, you know, I've been here the last few days. I've seen these things. Like, I think we can do better. Um, And it's gone over really well. So that's cool. And knowing that you're presenting that one group, but then also having a multitude of different backgrounds and experiences in the room is really cool when it comes to the dialogue that takes place. So both, I'll do both. I mean, I've been to strength action seminars. They're electric. Um, and I've also presented when I was traveling for Parisi to a room full of same people in the same organization and like been in that walk of life. So I didn't know if you, like, I always preferred the different walks cause you get more like interactive questions and stuff versus like, Oh, well, this is how we do it. But I, I like your phrase of like how you, you kind of know what, what they're working with as well when you're teaching them. So that's, that's important. I can speak to exactly what they do. And that's, I think that's a cool strength. Yeah. So not mentioning you, so you mentioned the Ziegler books Did I pronounce that right. Zingerman's <laughs> Zingerman's Ziegler's Zingerman's take the Zingerman's out of this. What is your best or current favorite book? I hate reading, but I always ask for book recommendations. So this is, I'm accumulating a nice list right now. So you mentioned Mike Robertson's podcast. This is one of the questions that he asked. I think it's like, what are you reading? Is right it? Now? Oh, I shouldn't ask this one. Then. It's not no, 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 no. But I'm saying like, he asked it differently, but I couldn't give one. Like I just was listing off books left and right. Um, no, just one. I don't, I don't want, I don't care about everything left and right. I just want the one in the middle. What topic? Like what, what do we? You're, it's you. I don't care. What one did you enjoy? Oh my God. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, this is not fitness related whatsoever, but I finished it this morning. This isn't a fitness um, podcast. A, a, a book called The Fifth Risk. And it's about the different um, departments of the government uh, that I think everyone should read. I put it on my Instagram story this morning and I, I think this it, should be yeah. required. reading. It's a bit political. I am, I am the furthest from a political person, but it was really, really interesting. Like you think, or maybe you don't like, what does the department of energy do? What does, um, the department of agriculture do? Like, what does the USDA do? Like, like I, I had no idea. I thought that I knew, um, everyone should read that book. It will blow your mind. And, uh, I, but I could give you a thousand books, but you limited me to one. So that's no, what I got. One. Yeah. Just your current favorite. This is not the a fit. podcast. Don't stereotype me. That's not, we don't stereotype on this podcast. <laughs> the, it's the three things. It's not the three fitness things. God. Ignore the, the fact there's a picture of a wrist. dumbbell on the cover art. <laughs> okay. Chris Merritt, that's a three things podcast with a speed round for my own sick enjoyment. Um, where can people get more information on Chris Merritt? Uh, strengthfaction.com, bspnova.com. That's the gym. Um, hit me up on Instagram or Facebook, Chris or at Chris beyond strength, like all one word. Um, uh, at BSP Nova at strength faction, Instagram, Facebook. I think I'm on there as Chris Merritt and my profile pictures, like me, my wife and my daughter, when she's younger, making a really funny face. So nice. I'll make sure oh, on the show note. How many downloads does this podcast need to get for you to shave your head again? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> what, how many do you normally get? Uh, That's private information. I don't have to share that. <laughs> let's say 250,000 for me to shave my head. 250,000 downloads. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Let's and if you want to email me, it's Chris at beyond I will reply to you. Just give me a little bit of time. <laughs> you got Not back you. to me really quick. Yeah. You got back to me really quick. Not um, you. Like I'm saying in, other in people. Gen- yeah. 
other people. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, Chris Merritt, thank you so much for coming on, man. I hope we get to do this again. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thank you.